All right. Welcome back, my fellow Americans. Thank you for listening to another episode of American Sports Broadcasters. Joined here tonight with Brian Kirkaback. And Brian, you've uh, a little bit of a tough streak here the last couple of weeks, and it's continued through championship week as well. So uh, what do you think? You're going to finally get back in the win column this time? I mean, I think so. Um, you know, my, my it was just my weak spot for the Rainbow Warriors, and <laughs> and they they let me down, and uh, and yeah, so uh, no no rainbows over here, only only rain clouds. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna change that around, but uh, but yeah, I, I think I'm gonna bounce back, and you know, I'll, I'll clean house with the bowl games, so I'm not worried. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, so let's hop right into what happened last week. I think probably the biggest one is in the Pac-12 on Friday night, Utah against Oregon. This game started off really close, really interesting, lots of back and forth, and then Oregon just really pulled away. 37-15 to dropped Utah out of the playoff talks. And, and both of us thought Utah would win the Pac-12 this year, and it ended up being those mighty ducks. Yeah, you know, they came up short here, and... Uh... And you know it was definitely, you know, it, it's a it's a sad thing for the Pac-12, um, but especially for this Utah team. But uh, now they get to make a trip uh, to the Alamo Bowl to play uh, the Texas Longhorns at seven and five. So eleven and two, eleven and two team against a seven and five team. But but honestly, uh, without getting too much depth, and we'll we'll have you know go into more depth as the game is closer. But I do think. Uh, the Longhorns match up pretty well against this Utah team. But, uh, yeah, this was another year the Pac-12 was kept out. Um, so, you know, continuing to send a message to them that uh, something has to change um, in their conference. All right, the Big 12 was a matchup against uh, – a rematch, rather, against Baylor versus Oklahoma. Uh, Kenyon, you and I both went with Baylor thinking about the, you know, the rematch theory. Uh, but Oklahoma – you know, gets this one again, 30 to 23 and moves into that number four spot for the college football playoffs. Yeah. And what was it? Was this game double overtime or just one overtime? I think it was just single overtime. Just one overtime, but still, I mean, CD lamb played incredible as he always does. If that guy isn't a top 10 draft pick, then the NFL is, is looking at the wrong stuff. He is, I think the best receiver in the country. He's just incredible. And I I, can't, I hate Oklahoma, but I can't say enough good things about him. So I'm excited to see his future here in the upcoming years for sure. All right. Again, another rematch. Cincinnati and Memphis played two weeks in a row. And Memphis won it two weeks in a row to Brian's detriment, 29-24. Yeah, so I think uh, Cincinnati might be my version of Oklahoma State. Um but, uh, yeah, this was a, you know, it was a close spot game both times. And, you know, it's just the Bearcats couldn't get it going. Um, you know, just made made some costly turnovers um, that ended up letting Memphis, you know, pull this one out. So uh, kind of sad day for Luke Fickle and his squad. All right, the SEC was a big one with two teams at the time in the top four, uh, Georgia versus LSU. We both, both went with the Tigers and, and uh, more than likely, the Heisman winner this year, Joe Burrows, had another great game. Jake Fromm, once again, could not make it in a big game. Uh, LSU wins 37-10. to 10. Yeah, Jake Fromm, I thought, played particularly bad in this one. And this dude just has to get better if he expects a future in the NFL. I, 
I tweeted during this game that whoever ends up drafting Jake Fromm, because he's a junior right now, so in two years, whoever ends up drafting him is going to be mediocre for the next decade. I saw a really great tweet that uh, I'm going to have to th- throw a shout-out to here from Jessica Smetana, I suppose her name is pronounced. Anyway, it says, Never forget that Jake Fromm's Twitter name is Jake from State Fromm instead of Jake from State Farm or even Jake from State Fromm. The dude just lacks good judgment. <laughs> so you um, have to agree with that. And his interception showed again that he does, in fact, lack that good judgment. And I was getting a kick out of seeing all the Georgia fans saying, could have had Justin Fields and ended up playing, <laughs> choosing Jake Fromm instead. So it's kind of your own fault there, Kirby, not being super smart on that one. All right, Hawaii and Boise State, they actually – Ended up, we were we didn't know for sure exactly where the Mountain West was going to play their championship game. They did play it on that Boise State blue field. And, you know, of course, that's always a big advantage for Boise, and they won it 31-10. to 10. Sorry, Rainbow Warriors. Yeah, you know, tough one for the Rainbow Warriors, but, you know, they get to live in paradise every day. So, you know, I'm sure they weren't, I'm sure they weren't that upset. Um, how does, how, side, sidebar here, how does one get recruited to play football for Hawaii? From from the I mean, mainland. I mean, I gotta <laughs> imagine it's pretty easy. Be like, hey, you can play football and live in paradise. Where do you sign? I mean, like, <laughs> I I can't imagine it's that hard. And 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 realistically, their their team isn't isn't you know really a bad team. I mean, they they you know um, obviously lose this game, but you know they're playing for the Mountain West Conference champion. They're going to go to a bowl game. Um, you know, I mean, they had a good season, so uh, it's not like they're, you know, I mean, they're not a great team, but they're not a bad team. I think the one drawback would be when you're going to play games, you are traveling immensely, and, and I'm sure that takes a toll on on uh, on teams for sure. Um, so we move on to the ACC, so Virginia versus Clemson, and, you know, there were a lot of, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there who are wondering about this Clemson team as they really hadn't played that strong of a schedule, you know, had a – had almost a catastrophic loss against uh, North Carolina, um, but they showed that they can beat Virginia for sure, winning the game sixty-two to seventeen. Yeah, this was one that looked like Virginia might have a chance for about a drive and a half. Um, opening drive, Virginia marches down the field and then turns it over in the end zone. Clemson answers with a touchdown. Okay rough luck but maybe the second one will go better and again they're marching on the field and then get end up getting stopped short and have to punt it and from there things just spiraled and spiraled and spiraled and spiraled so really interesting game for that first you know 10 minutes or so and then after that not so much as Clemson just dominated and we'll talk a little bit more about them they're gonna be playing Ohio State here in a couple weeks okay Ohio State versus Wisconsin in the Big Ten Wisconsin was leading for the majority of this game, but Ohio State able to come back for the victory 34-21, to even though, Brian, you had Wisconsin winning this one. Yeah, you know, in, in Wisconsin, you know, the the end score doesn't necessarily, you know, I mean, it, it's not a terrible score, you know, only a 13-point difference of two scores, but Wisconsin, you know, controlled this game for quite a long time. But once again, you know, this is a Wisconsin team that – they win games when they're able to control the tempo the entire time, when they're able to kind of, you know, run, run their offense how they want and just basically drain time. And that's something Ohio state, you know, in the second half, especially did not let them do. 
and you know the results show. So Ohio State ends up winning this game, um, but drops down to number two in the country, and we'll get to that in a little bit. All right, uh, the Sun Belt Conference was Appalachian State versus Louisiana, and you know we both picked Appalachian State. Appalachian State wins this game, forty-five thirty-eight. But you know I did say that Louisiana could keep this game close, and Appalachian State, you know, had a decent lead for a while. Louisiana uh, came back, but you know ended up coming down short uh, by seven points. Yeah, those Cajuns were definitely raging in this one and made a close game out of what I expected to not really be very close at all. So I don't think they have a lot to be feel down about, but they, you know, they're athletes, they're competitors, they they probably still do. So only one only one person could win. So that's just the way it is and put together a pretty solid season though and and much much improved over years past. So good for them. All right, Miami Ohio versus Central Michigan. Brian, we both thought Central Michigan would come away with this one, and it's five points short as Miami won at twenty six to twenty one. Yeah, you know, close game, and uh, you know, this one I think I think was uh, tough for us is we don't we don't see their games either one of these teams games very much, and when we do, they're playing a major Power Five and and it's just getting trounced. So uh, you know, just kind of went with an instinct and seeing you well, know a couple well, of games. Michigan. Part of the reason I was going with Central Michigan is because they're able to beat some of those Power Five teams sometimes. So it's true. You know, you don't really see Miami doing that a whole lot. Yeah, it's very true. So, but yeah, you know, hats off to Miami, Ohio. Uh, but I believe, yeah, both these teams will be be in bowl games, so season is not over for either team. And our last uh, college football game was Conference USA Championship, uh, Florida Atlantic versus UAB, and Florida Atlantic wins this game big, forty nine to six, but. They do lose their head coach, uh, Lane Kiffin, will be going to Ole Miss for, I believe it was a five-year, $21 million deal. Um, he does owe Florida Atlantic about $4 million as he had a 10-year deal there. Um, but interesting developments for him to move to Ole Miss. And kind of surprisingly, um, former Ole Miss coach Ed Orgeron actually recommended Lane Kiffin do not take the Ole Miss job. So, be interesting to see if he can be successful. Well, I I can't even really blame him for that. I mean, I saw a stat the other day that said uh, Ole Miss has had three or four. I think I think I said Kiffin's going to be the fourth head coach in ten years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's just absolutely insane, especially in a conference as tough as the SEC. You're not going to be able to improve if you don't give these guys some time. So that's pretty crazy. But FAU. Um, in this particular game, obviously had a had a really good one, and UAB. Uh, honestly, I was surprised to see in in this title game. Usually, they are uh, subpar, we'll say. All right, NFL Cowboys at the Bears. Brian, this is one of the few that you had over me. I was going with the Cowboys in this one because I really don't think the Bears are very good, and apparently, the <laughs> it's really the Cowboys that aren't very good. Is uh, two losing teams of the Cowboys and the Eagles are competing for that first place spot in the NFC East as the Bears win at 31 to 24. Yeah, you know, I just kind of went with, you know, it was a downward trend for the Cowboys and I, I just couldn't keep kid couldn't keep picking the Cowboys and losing. So had to change strategy and it ended up working here uh, as the Bears pull that game off. All right, and then it was the Ravens at the Bills. We both went the Ravens, and you know, kind of thought it'd be more a little, little bit more lopsided. Ravens win twenty four seventeen. 
Um, but Lamar Jackson did have an injury in that game, but he's expected to play on Thursday. Yeah, I think a scoreline like 24 is a testament to how good this Bills defense really is. And, I mean, when's the last time the Ravens only scored 24 points? Maybe week three. So, Bills definitely did a good job only losing by seven. Their offense just isn't quite there yet. But, you know, in a couple weeks here, they got the Patriots to look forward to and put up a slightly better. If they improve just a little bit by then, they got a real good shot. All right, 49ers at the Saints. Brian, I went with the 49ers here, and it hurt me. And you went with the Saints. You called me an un-American, but... I am a winning an American as the 49ers won it. I, I didn't expect a shootout, but that's what we got, 48 to 46. Yeah, you know, this was this was a shocking game, and, and I don't think anybody expected this scoreline. Um, uh, big thing here, though, is you might have won, but Drew Brees, thank God for Drew Brees. He helped me win this week in fantasy by scoring <laughs> 40 points, throwing for, or for him being responsible for six total touchdowns. Um, so – is big one there, but uh, you know, Kenny, you may be a winning un-American, but I'd much rather lose every day and still be an American. So, well, that's an oxymoron, Brian. Americans don't lose. You're right, and I'm not tired of winning yet. All <laughs> right. So then we went to the Titans at the Raiders, and we both win the Titans because the Raiders have been on quite a slide, and this continues as they lose the game, 42 to 21. And all of a sudden, the AFC South is tied up with the Titans and the Texans and we were thinking you know right early at the beginning of the season I was thinking that it really could be any of these three teams and then the Colts kind of pulled away and I said well maybe them and the Titans kind of pulled or the, sorry the Texans pulled away and I thought well maybe the Texans are Deshaun Watson and now who would have thought Ryan or um Ryan Tannehill <laughs> apparently is the offseason acquisition of the year for the Titans and has been playing very solid and Derrick Henry has gone off as well. And the Titans are tied for first place. And if this season season ends in the next couple of weeks, well, it does end in the next couple of weeks, the Titans could end up on top depending on how the Texans do. So definitely an interesting one that I didn't expect. We've kind of had a rotating wheel. It might just be whoever, whatever the season stops and whoever's up at the time, you know, if it goes on and on, maybe the Colts come back and, yeah, I don't know. Kind of a weird one in the AFC South. All right. Chiefs at the Patriots. And Chiefs didn't play an immaculate game, but the Patriots played a worse one. Brian, we both had the Chiefs winning, and they did, in fact, win 23-16. to Yeah, you know, and, and I think the bigger storyline here is, you know, uh, there are a lot of people out there, probably not really that close watching true sports fans that are saying the sky is falling, that – um, after two straight losses, Tom Brady has lost it. Tom Brady is done. I don't necessarily believe that, but apparently the Patriots film crew does, as we will get to it later with the new cheating scandal out of the Patriots, but we will, we will get to that later. Stay tuned. All right, we'll move into college basketball. And the first game we picked was an ACC matchup, Duke at Virginia Tech. And Ken, you and I both went with the theory that God loves the Hokies, and it has not been working out well for us as Duke pulls out this game 77-63. Yeah, I guess the Blue Devils had a little bit of uh, mythical powers of their own, but uh, who can I say? I I, I had to pick a team that didn't lose to Stephen F. Austin. <laughs> Basketball's weird. Sometimes, uh, sometimes stuff happens, so um, 
whatever. I can accept this loss, I suppose. All right, Pitt at Louisville, though. That one I got very correct, and Louisville did win it 64-46. Yeah, Louisville looking really good, um, playing a strong game, and, and Pitt um, you know, kind of just continues, continues a slide um, a little bit. So the next game we have is a Big Ten matchup, Penn State, Ohio State. And, and before we get too deep into this one, I do want to – Kind of correct myself from last week. I do want to apologize. I made a gaffe when uh, kind of talking about this game as I uh, incorrectly stated that uh, Penn State, I felt, was farther along than Ohio State. Ohio State was, in, in my opinion, the, the process of rebuild. I did It shows how much I've paid very close attention. I've been so caught up in football. I did not realize Ohio State was, like, number six in the country. Um, so – Sorry, Ohio State. Um, you're definitely farther in the process in this game. I think proves it as Ohio State wins this game 106 to 74. Yeah, and when, that just when's the last time you saw triple digits in college? You know, it just doesn't happen very often. So this Ohio State team is is better than honestly, they're they're better than I was hoping for because I'm just I'm tired of Ohio State. And just across the board, they're one of those schools that's good at everything, and I hate them. So <laughs> that's just the way that it is. All right, Arizona at Baylor. Brian, I was rolling with Arizona because, I don't know, I still am, am a little bitter about look the other way university. So I thought, and Arizona was higher ranked and came into this with a real, real good chance of winning it. Came up five points short, as you predicted, 63-58 to 58 Baylor. Yeah, you know, Baylor, Baylor, both these teams are teams that we will more than likely see in March. and um, But Baylor has been a complete uh, squad for at least the last three to four years, um, you know, playing consistently, playing uh, tough, and they continue to do that with this win. So uh, Baylor, a team definitely um, that has a, has a very bright uh, outlook on this season right now. Well, we moved into uh, another game that was a rematch of an old Big 12 rival, or not necessarily rivalry, but matchup, uh, Colorado at Kansas. And, and, you know, Colorado's, you know, an okay team this year, really, you know, making some uh, strides. But, however, when you make it into Lawrence, it just it just can't be your day. Kansas pulls out this game 72-58. Yeah, it's a Colorado team that's been doing all right and a Kansas team that has been a little shaky at times. So, uh, I struggled with this pick a little bit, but I ended up going the right way. So I'm definitely glad about that. All right, the last one, Nebraska at Creighton. Brian, you officially picked Creighton. I said on on the show last week that I thought Creighton would win, but I had to pick Nebraska. I stand by that. Had to pick Nebraska. Knew I would lose this, and I was willing to take it, and I did. Creighton won it 95-76, but to Nebraska's credit, they were down at one point like – 28 to four. So, so they really came out strong in the second half and, and put together a couple nice runs. So at least there were, you know, no real moral victories. I, I, but with a team like this that has one returning player, maybe there are a, a moral victory or two. So I, I, this one, I, at least there was showed a surge of strength in the second half, at, at least bare minimum. There's maybe something to look forward to a little bit. Yeah, this, this one was tough. Um, if you're part of the Nebraska faithful and, um, and, and I just think more than anything, I, I don't think anybody 
who follows sports and kind of understands, you know, what happens when you go through a coaching change that anybody expected, you know, an amazing season this year. But the problem is that this Nebraska team is they, they just can't shoot. And I get that you only returned one guy, but like, you know, a lot of these guys were Juco transfer stuff like that. I mean, they, there is no offense to be seen. Um, and that is kind of the big concern I would say right now is, you know, I, I get, you know, maybe at times they're kind of scrambling for players as, as, you know, with this coaching change and trying to, you know, get a full roster. But just the fact that there is doesn't seem to be any offensive uh, cohesiveness at all um, is definitely a problem uh, that needs to be corrected and needs to be corrected fast. Um, you cannot be getting blown out by Creighton. Creighton, this Creighton team is not that good um, to be able to blow you out that bad. So, um, something moving forward to improve on. Um, but like I said, I don't think this is any any uh, time to be alarmed per se if you are a Nebraska fan in terms of the longevity of uh, this new coaching change. Um, but at least currently, I mean, the, the shooting has got to change. So uh, we'll kind of – we'll just do a recap of how we are currently on our picks. So, Kenyon, you had 13. I had 12 this week. So, once again – uh, you pulled it off. Uh, so, Kenny, that brings your total to 117. Mine to 101. Kenny, you're 9, 5, and 1 on the season. And then in basketball picks, I did beat you. I have four. You have two. Um, so, I need to bounce back, but I will. I sure. Will. I tell you I will. You've been, you've been saying that for what, like six weeks in a row? <laughs> I just want to get let you get comfortable, and then I want to come in and <laughs> you're, boom, we're, done. We're, all, we're getting to the point where you're mathematically going to be unable to, to bounce back here. <laughs> hey, as long as I get the win total, if it, as long as I get one of those um, in my in my favor, that's all that matters. So, and, okay. I, and I definitely think I will. So um, we will see. But I, I, think, I think I've got this, so I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Kenyon, let's go ahead and move into our winners and losers for the week. And if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and start off this week. Um, so my winner for this week is Omaha, Nebraska. So um, for anybody who doesn't know or for everybody who does know, Omaha uh, is the host of the College World Series every year, the greatest show on dirt. Um, and there's been a concentration by uh, the MLB to kind of get in on that, to kind of grow uh, the event as much as they can. So uh, recently they had an uh, MLB game. I believe it was the Royals versus the Tigers at TD Ameritrade Park uh, to bring more baseball into Omaha. And so now they are going to continue to do that. So three days before the start of the College World Series uh, in 2020, they will have the amateur uh, MLB draft uh, in Omaha. It will start three days before and then continue to run as it has a million rounds. Um, but the big, the big uh, reason that the MLB wanted to do this um, is they're trying to make the early rounds um, kind of more of a more of a TV. Uh, you know, kind of more people to watch as the players will actually be able to be present so that normally, um, you know, a lot of these players are in the College World Series, so they're already in Omaha, so they can't. Normally it was in New Jersey, so they couldn't really go to be there. Um, so now some of the most high-round picks 
um, will actually be able to be present at the at the draft. Um, so big win for Omaha to continue this. Um, and uh, you know, I don't see don't see obviously now um, the cultural series moving location anytime soon. And you know, with this uh, continued concentration on uh, baseball and getting more involved, um, I think Omaha's got it sealed up for long time to come. All right, and my loser for the week, and before I get to my actual loser, I'll give a notable mention. I forgot to mention it up top, uh, Appalachian State. So they won that game. Last year they lost their coach as he went to Louisville, and so their new coach this year is now leaving to go to Missouri. So two years in a row they have lost their coach. So some might see that as a win as, you know, they're getting good coaches in there, developing them. However, now their program's got to start all over again with a new staff. Um, so kind of rough for them. Uh, but my actual loser for the week, which some people may not agree with me with, I'm saying the Nationals are my loser this week. And that is because of the um, that is because of the contract that came out um, for Steven Strasburg. And I believe it was a seven-year – Seven-year, two hundred and I think it was two forty-five. Two forty-five, making him basically the highest-paid pitcher. Which now sounds like that's going to get beat out by the Yankees' offer to Garrett Cole. Um, but part of the reason, um, you know, I think Strasburg is a great player. Uh, he played a very big part in them uh, in their postseason run, including their win for the World Series. Um, but the thing was, I don't think anybody was planning on paying Strasburg that kind of money. Um, I think it's very easy that the Nationals could save some money on that deal. Um, so I just think they overpaid, and we've notoriously seen these big contracts for pitchers have not necessarily panned out yet, um, with the exception, you know, maybe a big game here or there that really helped their season. But overall, uh, these contracts are not panning out, and so to continue to do this, um, I really don't see the benefit, and I just think they they overpaid here, and, and I think the Yankees are going to – overpay for Cole. I mean, I think he's a great pitcher, but once again, I don't think anybody's going to come close to matching their offer. So you might as well try to save some money. Um, but I don't work in the front offices. I don't make the calls. So I'll just well, sit here and, and uh, think, name them as my loser. I think Brian, some of it is that, you know, some of these guys have made an impact. You know, I remember thinking when David Price got his big deal, I thought it was terrible. He, you know, he signed, which I still stand by that, he should never have signed for that much. He it was what like zero and eight or zero and nine in the postseason when he signed his ginormous mm-hmm. deal, and he does have at least a World Series win now, um, or a, a won a game in the World Series. So, you know, you could make an argument that now it was worth it, but you know, maybe not necessarily at the time. But you know, Kershaw, he has the big deal, of course, and he's kind of cooled down a little bit, maybe. But you know, there was kind of a couple injuries here and there. Um, Granky has been kind of bouncing around a little bit of, you know, over, you know, big picture of where he is team to team. And he, he still hasn't really, really gone to the big games yet. So, um, some stuff to be desired from him, but I think you kind of end up with, especially with these starting pitchers, it's kind of like the quarterback situation in the NFL though, where we saw. Uh, where we saw Kirk Cousins end up being, for at least a little while, the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Did he deserve it? No, absolutely not. But a team that doesn't have a quarterback, even a 
just a competent one is in a much worse position than a team that does. And basically it's, it's how much do you value not sucking? I think is more or less what it comes down to because you have these, I mean, just as an example here, you know, I'm a Royals fan. So I'll take a look at the Royals and you look at them and you say, all right, who's your, who's your starter. (laughs) And me as a Royals fan can name some people, but there aren't any, you know, if you're outside that team, there isn't really anybody that you know with name recognition. You look at a team like the Tigers, you know, that's just terrible, like actually terrible. Who are their starters? I don't know. I don't know. You know, there's nobody, there's none of those really big names. I think that's part of it is that you need some of those guys, a little bit of star power to give your team a little energy and to give your team uh, a chance just to get something going in there that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I just, I don't know. I'm just saying you can still pay Strasburg, you know, a ton of money. But, like, I I didn't hear, like, anybody not at the bet to get Strasburg that was going to try to outbid any. Like, all I'm saying is, like, Garrett Cole, they were playing teams interested, whereas, like, so, yeah, maybe you do have to pay up a little bit. Um, but once I think everybody knew that it was basically be decided on the Yankees, like I don't think anybody was like, continuing because they're like, we're, we're not going to get a realistic shake at this. Um, and so, I don't know. I We'll see. We'll see if it benefits the Nationals. Um, you know, and I get, I get why these, these players want these contracts. I mean, it, you're set. I mean, there's no question. And, you know, you get to kind of – show you know not only can i do on the field but you know my contract backs what i do on the field and so i mean you know it makes sense in their eyes um but you know i don't know then you got to cut somewhere else and you maybe can't get that you know that crucial player here you can't you know you're gonna lose somebody so unless you're the yankees well yeah you know but (laughs) we can all be happy because the yankees just you're spending all this money and yet they came up short this year and we hope that continues as, as, as nobody all likes Americans the, should. Yeah, no nobody likes the Yankees. Um and so we just we hope they keep coming up short. But yeah, if they want to keep spending all that money and coming up short any day, they can go right ahead. Just just a sidebar of another reason to hate the Yankees is their stadium. What is it like three fifteen to dead center? Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind so of ridiculous. unbelievably short. And then they, at the end of the season, they're like, "Look how many home runs we hit." It's like, yeah, because you're batting in a double A stadium. <laughs> you know, if yeah, anybody could hit that many home runs in that stadium, dude. So I, I, I kind of hate them. But, <laughs> but, uh, what are you gonna do? Uh, the Mets at least have a real stadium. If I had to pick a new team, I'd, I'd pick the Mets. And a cooler color combo, in my opinion. Um, and also, we beat them in 2015. <laughs> so, <laughs> got to rub that in their face a little bit. Okay, uh, it's probably enough baseball for a little bit. But uh, some interesting stuff going on in the winter meetings. Going to try to stay on top of it. This is always such a time of complete chaos in baseball. So, we'll try to stay on top of a little bit of it. But probably not going to get all of your baseball news for you on our show. All right. Now to football a little bit for my winners and losers. Uh, my loser for the week is going to be Utah and really the Pac-12 in general, missing out on the post or the playoffs again. And Utah, 
just got beat up in that game against Oregon. They really had an opportunity here to go on, and uh, and I think they would have lost in the first round of the playoffs, no question. They just didn't seem like that physical enough of a team to me. They're physical in terms of the Pac-12, but not necessarily going up against a Clemson or an Ohio State or an LSU. So there's some issues with that there, but I was really rooting for them and hope, hoping to see some some different conference in there, and it just didn't pan out. And I I think that's unfortunate, especially with the opportunity they had. Still have a good opportunity to win a bowl game um, against Texas, but they got to play tougher. They got to play bigger. So we'll see if they do that. All right, my winner though is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs, um, knocking off the Patriots, but more importantly. They have become, they clinched the AFC West championship spot for the fourth year in a row, which is just absolutely (laughs) insane. It's not a number you hear very often. Really have had control of this AFC West for a long time now, even going back to Alex Smith, uh, really since a couple years into Andy Reid's contract. So then, and there are people here in Kansas City who, want to get rid of Andy Reid, I think they're stupid. But make a couple of tweaks on that defense, get Pat Mahomes fully healthy and, and playing as well as he can. And, man, this team can go places. So do I think they get to the, the Super Bowl this year? No, I, I, I don't think they do. I don't think they quite have it. At the beginning of the season, I thought it was their Super Bowl to lose. And they, I think they have pretty much lost it at this point, still have a shot at it. But – they're my winner for the week. They've done something special. They've put something really good together here, and um, this town is fully behind them. So they're in a good spot overall, even if I don't think they're going to quite do it this year. So um, they're going to be my winner for the week. Talking about those Patriots here, Brian, as we mentioned a little bit. And they're cheating ways again. So the Bengals, because the the Patriots are playing the Bengals. So, of course, the Bengals caught. They caught um, somebody in a Patriots shirt filming them. Uh, Was it during practice or just during the game, Brian? So this, okay, so uh, this took place this last week when the Cincinnati Bengals were playing at the Browns. So not only did the Patriots like do this, but they did it in the Browns stadium. Um, and they did it during a game and the whole first quarter, the Bengals noticed that they were, that this guy was filming them like their sideline. Why? If you're going to cheat, why do it in a Patriots shirt? <laughs> Yes. Well, so I think it's it's because he's part of basically their, to my understanding, their filming crew. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of questions about this, including why would the Browns, like, I don't think other teams do this. Why would the Browns let him in in the first place? But, uh, you know, we, we just got to start off this conversation, Kenyon, with you never give up on cheating. Uh, Bill Belichick said that. Uh, joke, no. Uh, South Park said that, but <laughs> Bill Belichick said something pretty darn close. 
Whereas he says, and Kenyon and I, I think you and I, we found this funny. Um, so they, in the article, they referenced in 2007 when Belichick was fined five hundred thousand dollars, and the Patriots were docked a first round pick in 2008 when they had got unauthorized filmings of the Packers and the Jets. So they called this Spygate. So in the quote from Bill Belichick, but since that Spygate happened, I I'd say we tried to keep a good distance behind the line and not maybe take it as far as we would might have in the past, but it's never really fundamentally changed there. I don't know, Kenyon, to me that sounds like, yeah, we never really changed and no one's caught us since, so we're going to continue to do it. Oh, no, we got caught again. Well, and to continue to quote South Park there a little bit, uh, (laughs) Bill Belichick was caught cheating and nobody cared. Why? One simple phrase. I misinterpreted the rules. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) basically, basically that's kind of what he's saying here. I mean, ah. What's so frustrating is that it's the Bengals of all people. Like, I, I understand that you're not doing great this season. But I mean, you're still a 10-win team. and Are you really good enough to be? No, probably not. But you had the easiest schedule in the NFL. And you're going up against a one-win team next week. And you're filming them. <laughs> Why? It's, do, you have that, do you have that little faith in yourself? I mean, come on. You're in the Super Bowl almost every single year for the past decade, and you can't beat the Bengals. Come on, come on. Well, yeah, and I mean, and I think you know, I think this leads to some questions. As in, one, how many more times does this happen? Because I mean, this one was very blatant, but like, how many other teams have they done this to? And then I think we also have to question, like. First off, why the NFL, you know, would now that this has happened again, so they know it happened in 2007, they find them, they took away a draft pick. I think at this point, you got to come down really hard because this is the second time this one's blatant. And, you know, and, and Bill Belichick continues and he says, We're competitive and we'll try to be competitive in every area. And he also continues, But we don't knowingly, intentionally want to do anything that's across the line. How is this not across the line? Like, it'd be one thing if they had some guy there filming the game and, like, you know, they had a software so, like, you know, could kind of, you know, figure out. Because everybody watches game film. But this is – he was specifically watching the sideline for signs, for how they are making calls. I mean, this had nothing to do with what was going on in the field. And the Bengals are what, 1-12? in The Bengals are terrible. And so – you know, as I referenced before, anybody who says the sky is falling and Tom Brady's done, maybe this is evidence. Maybe this is evidence that the Patriots are like, uh-oh, what if we lose to the Bengals? And so we got to make sure that doesn't happen. I mean, this is out. This is just absolutely, in my opinion, absolutely outrageous, you know, to do it to any team, but you're going to do it to literally the worst team right now in the NFL. And you're going to do so blatantly. And then the other question has to become, why did the Browns let this guy in? That's what I don't understand. That's probably my biggest gripe outside of the actual cheating, is why, if you're the Browns, does this guy get in at all? Um, And I believe I also saw another article 
um, I forget who wrote it, but Kenny, I'd like to know your take on this. So when they, when they confronted this guy and, you know, he kind of said, you know, who he's with, whatever, he even asked him, he says, well, what if, what if, uh, I just delete the, delete the film and we just call it good. Um, so yeah, kind of, so obviously like he knew what he was doing is wrong because like, if he thought what he was doing is right, I don't think he'd ever make that comment, but he knew for a fact what he was doing was wrong. Here's so ob- it gets almost worse. Obviously the film should be deleted. Yes. Obviously, but that doesn't make you good. You just got caught doing something that's like if you rob a bank and the cops catch you like what if you just take the money back and we just call it even (laughs) no you're still gonna go to jail bud you know this this can't be allowed to continue and i don't see there's issues with you know this being the nfl's 100th season do they really want to come down that hard on the patriots who is by revenue, like their biggest revenue team. Because <sighs> Goodell, let's be honest, doesn't really care. He cares about money. Which, I mean, to be fair, is his job. But <sighs> they just... I hate the Patriots so much. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, and, like, and, and, I mean, the, the, you know, this is, this is the question. You know, prime example is we're waiting to see. Now, granted... To our knowledge, um, let's let's go into the baseball for a second. To our knowledge, this is the first time the Astros have done something like this, just in terms of not necessarily they only did it one time, but like the first time in terms of they haven't done it like they didn't do it like ten years ago and then they started again. You know, we you know we don't know how long they were using a camera in the outfield to read signs and then signaling to players by beating on a trash can, but. You know, we're kind of waiting to see what the MLB does. And a lot of people are saying it should be super severe. It should be, you know, in a lack of better term, there are some people um, who are saying, you know, and granted, we have, I don't think we've ever seen one of these in baseball. And, and the coin comes from what the NCAA did to SMU, but the death penalty. I mean, there are some people who are out there saying basically give the Astros the death penalty, which I don't know how you do because it's a professional team and it's totally different dynamics. But we wait to see on that too, because the Astros would now, you know, have been this up and comer team that a lot of people like, and you know, they bring in a lot of money, but I don't think it should be that because, you know, we get, we get to a point where, yes, these are professional teams, they're a business and yes, money's involved, but then you got, you know, I think there's, there's another dynamic is, you know, these, these organizations, they want to be, whether or not they want to, they play it off as their, stewards of the community they like to you know get involved and help you know youth sports and stuff like that well if you're trying to do that but you keep getting away with cheating and it's blatant and nobody does anything about it what is what does that teach kids and also what is, what does that say for just sports in general i mean no longer is the sport the sport it's who can cheat more who's got the more money to cheat well and you know and stuff like that and even along the financial lines, if you beat a team by cheating, you are costing that other team money. Mm-hmm. That's potential revenue that they could 
build. I mean, let's say this. Say you're playing against a nine and seven team, and and you are that that seventh lot. Like you forced the seventh loss by cheating, but they could have been a ten and six team, and gotten a wild card spot or won their division, whatever, and maybe even gone gone on a crazy run to the to the Super Bowl and, and won it all. That's a lot of money for that team that you just cost them potentially by cheating and, and winning unfairly. So there's a lot of stuff there, even financially, it, it doesn't really work for the individual team. It's it's bad business practice. Um it's good for your business, but the NFL is is a business overall as much as each individual team is. So I have a lot of issues with this. I agree with everything you said about, you know, what you're saying about the integrity. I almost wish that they could do some of what the NCAA does, not in terms of a death penalty, but maybe like a year postseason ban saying, I don't care what your record is next year. You ain't going to go to the playoffs. You're a terrible. You know, we got to punish this. So I would, I would be okay with that. They're never going to do it. Never. But I would be okay with something like that. Not not a long-term death penalty, but I think there has to be some more serious repercussions. Because if you're a team like the Patriots and you go to the you go to the the Super Bowl every year, every other year, you're going to be attracting free agents. Losing your first-round pick, that's a 31st, 32nd overall pick. That doesn't really hurt you that bad. It's it's not great. That's somebody you could have had, but you'll survive. People want to go there because they know that they're, they're going to get a shot at winning at all. So there has to be something more serious to it. And there has to be something to be an actual repercussion beyond just, oh yeah, you don't get a you don't get a 30 second overall pick. That's okay. So I think that would be something to look into that's never gonna happen. Yeah, it's very true. Um, so we'll go ahead and just move on to you know, kind of a kind of a quick talk here about the final college football playoff rankings, and more importantly, we'll just kind of cover the top four. Um, basically, everything else stayed the same, um, and just you know, a couple of highlights we see here. There, biggest highlight, biggest thing I love to see: Alabama ends at number thirteen. Uh, they will now be playing in the Citrus Bowl against unlucky Michigan. thirteen. <laughs> uh, exactly, unlucky thirteen. Let's hope that continues to give them unluckiness for the next like five years. Would be great. Um, but the top four ended with number one, LSU, number two, Ohio State, number three, Clemson, and number four, Oklahoma. So um, I think the big thing here is, you know, there are a lot of people who are there. There are people that are upset that Ohio State is number two, but we, we have to look at this LSU team. They literally probably played the toughest schedule in the country. Um, you know, at the, t- you know, and you, you just, yes, we can look at where, you know, the teams they played, you know, ended um, with their rankings may not be as impressive as when they beat them. But I mean, this is an LSU team that went into Austin and beat a Texas team when fully healthy was a top 10 team. They beat, uh, let's see here. They beat Auburn. They beat, well, they beat Georgia. They beat, they beat A&M. They beat, A&M. They beat Alabama. They beat, I mean, they beat all these teams. And when you look at Ohio State, Ohio State beat Wisconsin twice. Beating any team twice is impressive, but a Wisconsin team that, you know, pretty pretty good. Ended eighth in the country. Um, Indiana. They, 
They beat Indiana. Indiana's a good team. They didn't play Minnesota. No, they, they, they didn't play, but they beat Penn State and Michigan. They beat Penn State and Michigan. So, I mean, you know, there, there's there's tough games for both these teams. Um, and some people are like, well, Ohio State's games are more convincing, yada, yada, yada. I, I don't know. I'm personally, when Ohio State moved to one, I was like, why? I I always thought with how LSU's playing, LSU should be one. Um, I think it's appropriate that they're one. Um. And obviously, it's it's definitely appropriate that Oklahoma is four, um, but I, I think more than anything, I'm I'm finally happy to see a playoff. At least you know recently, I don't think we've seen one where it's you know it's different conferences. We don't have two from one conference. Um, that's nice to see. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's mainly my take. I, I think we're gonna get some decent games. I, I don't know personally if we're gonna kind of dive in here. LSU is going to roll Oklahoma. Um, I think Clemson beats Ohio State. Um, Ohio State has looked good this year, um, but Clemson, Clemson is a is a good team, and now you have a Trevor Lawrence with another year under his belt. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking we're going to see an LSU uh, Clemson. I really hope LSU wins, which means the SEC wins. You know, has now won a national title for how many years? you know, in the past, like, 10. But, um, yeah, I I don't I don't want to see Clemson winning. And nothing against Clemson. I'm just kind of tired of the same team winning year after year after year. And I really like Coach O. But that, that's kind of where I'm at currently on the top four now. I don't see what would change that, but it's possible. Uh, things could change. But, uh, yeah. Kenan, kind of where are you at on this top four? Well, I think everybody likes Coach O. Um, I don't know how – much longer he's going to be able to speak before he turns into Stephen <laughs> Hawking. But um, definitely a classy guy. He's got a really classy program there at LSU. But I, I pretty much agree with everything that you said. I think LSU does roll Oklahoma. I don't think that's a particularly close game. And now, don't get me wrong, Georgia should never have been number four. I've said that before. Should never have been in that fourth spot. And they, but still, the college football playoff committee believe that they were the fourth best team in the nation and they just got spanked it wasn't close at all so uh lsu definitely i think is deserving of that number one spot a clemson game will be really interesting ohio state you know um, justin fields hasn't really been fully healthy the last game or two he's got uh, at least this week off um i think I think these play on New Year's Day. Um, so he's got a little time to get healthy. We'll see how he is. But that could potentially be a storyline there. But I agree. I I agree, though. I, I think Clemson feels disrespected. I don't think they are, but I think they feel disrespected, have a chip on their shoulder. The Their secondary is playing amazing on defense. They are just so fast to the ball. Trevor Lawrence... Yeah, had a bit of a shaky start to the season, but he's really kind of gotten it back together. And Ohio State has proven, you know, they, they beat Wisconsin the second time, but they've proven they could bleed. They almost almost didn't beat them. So that, that'll be one of the really fun games. And regardless if it's, if it's Ohio State or Clemson, the, the national title game should be really fun to watch as well. So I'm looking forward to it. We got a fun few weeks of football ahead of us. 
Yeah, so um, Kenyon, before we jump into our game sets next week, we actually I was clicking through ESPN and we actually have an upset alert. We have two upset alerts in college basketball. The first one that may not probably isn't as big only because this team uh, was expected to have a really good season after last season. Uh, Texas Tech has beaten number one Louisville 70 to 57 tonight, uh, Tuesday night. Um, so big win for the Red Raiders to kind of bounce back this season to really get back into the conversation, get back in perspective. But I think the bigger one, um, and that Texas Tech game, I believe, was in Louisville. So even, you know, just even bigger. But this, this is probably the biggest one. It was a Big Ten matchup. It was at Happy Valley. Penn State has knocked off number four, Maryland, 76 to 69 in Happy Valley. So two big upsets in college basketball. We continue to see these top teams, as we do all every year, um, kind of kind of take some hits and get some bumps and bruises, but it's all about what happens in March. Um, well, that yeah. really matters, but uh, Every, some big ones. Everybody talks about in football how much they hate preseason rankings, but just how useless are they in basketball? They never seem to hold up, uh, especially the first couple of weeks. So why even do it? <laughs> I guess because you need somebody to talk about, but I don't know. It seems like a waste to me. I'd wait, you know, four weeks or so before you decide who's number one. I, I will say, though, in college basketball, we have had, enough, I feel like, enough games that these rankings are a little more solidified um, because a lot of these big teams play in tournaments where they're playing against each other. So, for example, like a Michigan State team has played Kentucky and Kansas, and then um, Louisville. Louisville, I think, has had you know at least one. So these these they're a little bit more solidified at this point, um, but these are these are still big ones that will be talked about in March, uh, depending how you know Penn State's and Texas Tech season uh, continues. If they're if they have good seasons, then these are not bad losses for Maryland nor Louisville. But if these two teams tank, these are ones that could keep a team uh, potentially out of a number one seed um, in March Madness. So. Just, uh, just something to keep uh, keep an eye on. So we'll go ahead and move into our games for next week. So the only college game uh, before we jump into bowl season is going to be America's game, Army at Navy. Great game every year. Um, I'm going, I'm going with Navy here. Um, nothing against, obviously Army, uh, but I just think Navy's just been a more consistent football team year over year um but this game is always an interesting one yeah you can almost usually throw the records out the window with this one army you gotta love the way they play you know throwing the ball two or three times almost beat michigan this year navy came within a point of notre dame two pretty decent football teams i'm gonna go with navy too i think they're a more complete package package because they do throw it at least a little bit <laughs> so um i'll go with navy but i i mean how good of a job is it just to be the army quarterback where you just take the snap and turn around <laughs> that's that's what some assignment right there um but it's a definitely a, a different way of playing football an older way of playing football and uh for any historians out there it's it's kind of neat it's like going in a time machine <laughs> All right, now we'll move on to the NFL. So we have the Bears at the Packers, and, and I can only 
imagine how Kenyon's going to pick this one. <laughs> um, I, you know, if it wasn't at Lambeau Field, I might think about this one just a little closer. But I just can't put enough that much faith in the Bears to have two games back to back where they play halfways decent. Um, I mean, this this one can be competitive because it's it's also a question of how that offense is going to be under Aaron Rodgers. That it's been very inconsistent, it's been up and down. Um, but I'm I'm just going to give it to the home team here. That's where I, I feel safer. Um, and so I'll give it to the Packers. Um, but this one could be uh, it could be close. It could be a blowout. It could be an upset. It, it's hard to say with this one. Yeah, one of the bigger rivalries in the NFL, and this is a. To me, this comes down to, of all people, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, we all know he's not the best quarterback in in the league, but he has had a couple of nice games in a row against some subpar defenses. Does he have enough confidence to maybe play well against a better defensive front? I I think the confidence is there. I don't think the ability is there. I have to go with the Packers on this one. Ah, that Bears defense is actually, if you go by the numbers, playing better than last year with the exception of turnover. But I think this will be close. I think there's a, there's a, there's a chance, of course, that the Bears will win this. But um, I have to think Packers overall. All right, Texans at the Titans. This one's difficult for me. The Texans coming off a big big loss to the Broncos and Titans coming off a big big win we mentioned earlier at the top and this right now is for first place in the AFC South who you know what I've been with these guys for most of the year I'm going to stick with Deshaun Watson I'm going to go with the Texans that defense is a really beat up. You know, no JJ um, still, of course. You know, he's out for the season. But I just think Deshaun Watson has that special playmaking ability, and as solid as Ryan Tannehill has been, um, I don't know that he's going to be able to do it when it counts. I don't expect this one to be a blowout. I think it'll be close, even in Tennessee, coming down to the wire and. Deshaun Watson, even just this year, has had too many moments where he just does something incredible, something special that wins him the game. So I, I'm going to go with them. Uh, no way. Um, I'm going with the Titans here. And mostly it's because of that just terrible loss to the Broncos um, for the Texans. I the, the Titans, you know, I don't think we expected a lot this year. And you know, I mean, Tannehill's just, just having one of those years. Um, but, I mean, they're putting up points in every one of their games. I mean, they're putting up some massive points. Um, and, and so that shows me that this offense is really clicking. Um, and I think I think that's just going to put them over the top. I, I Honestly, I think they'll probably win by, like, 10. Um, so it's not going to be as much as some of their other games. But, but yeah, I, th- I think they have this one. Um and yeah, I just think I think right now for the Texans, there's some there's some questions after that loss against the Broncos, and I just don't think they get them answered in time. All right, can the Broncos do it two weeks in a row? Broncos at the Chiefs, and uh, you know there there is some questions out there. Mahomes did bruise his hand; it is not broken, no fracture, um, but could play you know a part in his performance in this game. Not sure yet. Um, 
I'm going to go with the safe choice, and I'm going to go Chiefs here. Um, who knows? The Broncos could be hungry and, and just you know kind of kind of live off the adrenaline. Um, but I think I think the Chiefs, you know, after that win to the Patriots, are motivated, and they know they just got to continue continue trekking. Yeah, I mentioned at the top that clinched the AFC West, so they're not playing for a playoff spot at this point, but they are playing for seeding and for home field advantage. Um, in certain scenarios, at least. So still, still a lot to play for, for Kansas city and for Denver. It's not really playing season record, but you know, at least spot record a little bit, you know, the Broncos are out of it, but you know, playing for pride playing for next year, a little bit. Hmm. This one's tough. Ryan, did you know my dad's a Broncos fan? I did know this. Yeah, the, the first ever NFL game I ever went to was Lions at Broncos. And Lions won like 48 to 10 or something like that. Oh, wow, you good. don't see that much anymore. Yeah, that was that's the only Lions game out of three that I've been to that they won. And the other two were at Ford mm. Field. I'm an 0-2 record at Ford Field. Um, Chiefs games I went to, those are a lot of fun too. They are 1-1 one one when I've been to Chiefs games. Um Sorry, a little bit of a tangent there. Oof. Do I go with my dad or do I go with my city? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think this is a close game. I really think you could flip a coin. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Chiefs. I, I'm gonna go <laughs> Chiefs, but I I really would not be surprised if the Broncos made a game out of it. I haven't gone back and watched Drew Locke's footage yet from last week, so um, as much as I do enjoy evaluating quarterbacks, I'm not going to be able to tell you just yet um, if he's for real or not. But we'll see this week, I think. You know, that Chiefs defense does a lot of work to do, but they're definitely much improved over the beginning of the season. Okay, Rams at the Cowboys. Brian, you were done picking the Cowboys last week, and as much as I really am not a huge fan of the Rams, they did just pull off a pretty surprise win against the Seahawks. Um, and I don't... I don't like the Rams. I don't think the Rams are really going anywhere, but I'm, I've had my, my looking glass moment with the Cowboys and I'm going to take LA in this one. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. I'm doing the same thing. I just cannot, um, cannot pick the Cowboys here. Um, more than anything, it's going to sound crazy because I think anybody who's listening to the show or anybody who's just talked to me, period, knows I hate Urban Liar. Knows for a fact I hate Urban Liar. However, there is speculation and talk, as there has been with every coaching job. But this one's a little bit more interesting only because – so earlier in the season there was talk that if the Cowboys fired Jason Garrett that they would go after Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley kind of pushed those down. But on Fox Sports, they kind of posed the question to Urban Meyer, like, you know, if, you know, kind of what do you think Lincoln Riley should do, yada, yada, yada. Basically, Urban said that would be a perfect job. He even, I think, himself said, if I was offered it, I would strongly consider it. Now there is talk that his name is in the ring if they end up firing Jason Garrett. And I think, um, you know, Jerry Jones was kind of, you know, wasn't exactly trying to make things. After this last loss, he was beyond upset. Um, And I, I think the time is closing. There will be. And the best news for college football fans everywhere if Urban Liar goes to the Cowboys, 
no matter how much damage he has done to college teams and then he finds a way out when the hot seat comes on, the NFL is not the same thing. You can basically kill somebody and somehow still play. Um, so at Ray Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> at Ray Lewis. So what that means is the hot seat will really never be there. Urban Meyer will stay there forever and he'll leave college football alone. And we can only hope that Nick Saban does the same at some point. But uh, so that that's what I'm looking forward to. So for the love of God, Rams, please win this game. Just ram it. Kill the Cowboys. Jason Garrett gets fired. Urban Liar goes to the Cowboys and stays the hell away from college football. Amen. Well, this you is know, what we're Brian, for. You know, yes. if you ram it just right, you can ram it all night. Exactly. Um, but okay, I, I do have to mention a little bit of here. Um, for one thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really the biggest Jerry Jones fan, but I do really appreciate what he's doing with Jason Garrett and letting him finish out the year. He, Jason has definitely earned that. And, you know, it's not it's, – it's a common decency that should be given to these guys. It isn't always. You look at Mike McCarthy for the Packers is the first one that comes to mind. Ron Rivera for the Panthers. These are guys that, even if you're going to fire them, deserve to finish out the season. And it's just a really garbage thing to do to, to – fire them midseason. They don't deserve that. So I will give him kudos there, but I will also say if he hires Urban Liar, it will officially end my love hate with the Cowboys and I will be full hate. <laughs> so um I I really am am not about that. Uh man. And and that love hate is just too complicated to explain right now. But it would be over. There'd be no more love. It would be only hate and you know what? There's enough hate in this world already. So Jerry Jones, if you are listening, uh, then please uh, support us and um, send out um, our channel and, and give us money. But <laughs> but also don't hire Urban Liar. Don't do it. Okay. Kenyon, no. We're trying to protect college football. Who I'm cares? trying to protect what? football in general. I don't see why Urban Liar can't just – I don't think he should be a – uh, broadcaster. Going to coach I don't somewhere. think he should be a coach. You know, the man's brain has had enough, and we have had enough of his brain. He needs to just go back to Florida and retire and just stay there in the swamp and become one with the swamp people, end up getting eaten <laughs> by a gator, and nobody's ever going to know. He's just going to stop talking, and everybody's going to be like, what is this feeling? Is this happiness? Where is Urban Liar? Who's Urban Liar? I don't know. I don't care. He's gone. <laughs> That's what believe, should happen. <laughs> believe you me, Kenyon, nobody but me wants that more. But the simple fact is I just know that's not how life works. Believe you me, for anybody who's been consistently kicked by life, when anything <laughs> good happens, somehow life just comes and kicks me upside the face. The roundhouse kicks me. So this is the only thing I can dream of that will somehow keep life happy, but also keep me happy. So... Because I'm telling you, Kenyon, if this doesn't happen, he's coming back to college football somewhere, and I just haven't figured it out yet where. But it'll happen somewhere. Uh, I and I, I do too, but this is our only option for positivity. So everybody who's listening, put that in your prayers. Hopefully, for the love of God, Jerry Jones does one thing right. He does one thing right and just hires this man away so I never have to hear about him in college football ever again because even him broadcasting it or talking about it very much upsets me. I changed the channel. 
I actually changed the channel. <laughs> I, hey, me too. Um, but sometimes I just can't get away from it. Um, as Fox does a lot of Big 12 games. So every once in a while, I, I get stuck. Um, so, but we'll get out of our tangent and continue to move on here. So the Bills at the Steelers. And, you know, I, I respect this Bills team. I, I like them. Um, but you know what? I'm going to. I don't know if it's really an upset, but I, I'm going to kind of go with probably the unconventional choice, and this kills me because I hate the Steelers, but I'm going to go with the Steelers here. I just think, you know, they're going to catch the Bills kind of off guard. It is in uh, Pittsburgh, so I'm going to go with the Steelers here. Yeah, home game. They've been on a really solid run here, making a, a push for that wild card spot. And really, these are two potential wild card teams. That could This could determine if, if somebody gets left out or not. I'm going to agree with you, actually. I'm going to go with the Steelers as well. I think they just have a little more offensive firepower than the Bills do. So that's going to be my difference here. That's That Steelers' defense isn't quite up to the Bills' defense, but um, I think they got the ability to score a few more points. All right, Colts at the Saints. Uh, Brian, you know it, it hurt me really bad uh, to, pick the, to pick the 49ers last week. So this week... I'm going with the Saints. Uh, you know, you'd like to think the Saints, you know, would forgive you for your sins, but I don't think so. Um, but uh, I am also going with the Saints. I've stuck with this team. I like that defense, but I really like Drew Brees, and I need him to have another 40-point week. So, Drew, if you can make that happen, and Drew, we trust, um, I will I will greatly appreciate that. Um and yeah, th- this Colts team has just been kind of coming up short lately, and I and I think that continues. Um, and I, yeah, I think the Saints pull off another win. All right, we'll move into college basketball, and we got an in-state rivalry game: Iowa at Iowa State. And as much as you know, uh, Big Twelve teams, I like to hope for the best for them. And you know, both these teams actually have been making some waves, playing some really good ball. Um, but I, I think I, I think I gotta go with the Hawkeyes here. Um, I, I don't know. I just have this gut feeling that, uh, that they're gonna pull this one off. Um, I'm gonna switch up this one um, and go with Iowa State. Uh, we we've been too similar in in this, especially in the NFL. So I'll get a little bit no, of variety. That's your fault. Uh, um, I, I don't think so. I think you're just reading my mind a little bit. Um, but I'm going to go with the Cyclones at home at Ames, which is still not much of a city, but <laughs> should uh, maybe be enough to, to get them back. All right, Colorado at Colorado State. Uh, Colorado lost last time, but I got them winning this one. Or right. Kansas. Colorado lost to Kansas. Let me clarify that. Yeah, well... Thanks for taking my pick, Kenyon. Um, I'm also going with the Buffs here. Um, just think they're they're farther along here um, and, and can kind of can, can pull this one off. So an interesting game, um, Oregon at Michigan, and and uh, you know, I scared some might call me crazy, but I'm I'm gonna go with Dana Alman here. I'm gonna go with Puddles. I'm gonna go the Oregon Ducks. Um, I'm picking another road team. Uh, to, to, you know, just really go in there and, and create some havoc. 
you know, me and Michigan football are cool, but me and Michigan basketball are so not cool. Um, as much as I want to take Oregon in this one, I, I just can't. <laughs> oh, it hurts. Um, I have to go with Michigan. Uh, just, they're always a very, very tough basketball team, and I, I really don't like them going back to when Wagner single-handedly kept Nebraska out of the tournament a couple years ago, and I've said some not very nice things about that German young man. <laughs> um, but, but um, you know, he's a very good football or a very good basketball player, and and is a very good Michigan team. So I'm going to go with them on this one. All right, Memphis at Tennessee, and um, you know, Memphis is pretty pretty solid basketball team as well, but. Uh, I was thinking even before you typed this one in, Brian, that I was going to go with Tennessee. Yeah, I got to go with former Texas coach Rick Barnes. He's really done some great things at Tennessee. Um, and, yeah, I just I got to stay with them. And, you know, they think there's just – Memphis is a good team, and I think they are they might now be out of the suspension phase at a, for Wiseman, but still just with all that craziness, um, I think that just keeps – he's Memphis out of this as they're trying to deal with other things. All right, and Gonzaga at Arizona. So, Kenny, you were with Arizona last time, um, so we'll see how you kind of go. I'm going to stick with Gonzaga, um, a team that has really just shown up year after year um, and made some moves. They have had their um, own upset this year, um, but I think the Zags go in and pull this one off. Now, help me out, Brian. Is it pronounced Gonzaga or Gonzaga? I've heard it either way. Um, okay. I can ask, I can ask a coworker of mine who went there so I can ask I'm her sure. um, how she know. said that. So yeah, I'll get back to you on that. All right. Looking forward to it. Well, Arizona did in fact let me down last time. So I'm going to try to go against them this time and go with, I'll say Gonzaga, um, and hopefully get a better result. All right. So those are our games for the week. Um, I believe either... Probably, probably our next episode or one coming up here. We'll do a bowl game um, episode where I'll cover all the bowl games, kind of give you our picks, um, things to watch for. Um, you know, if there's a bunch of bowl games going on once, ones we think that as long as you can get the viewing uh, to watch over others, um, and just kind of things to watch out for. Um, you know, it'd be nice if we can get an Alabama loss, but I don't think that's going to happen. But we'll we'll get to more of that. But uh, Kenyon. Any last words for tonight? No, I got nothing. (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Remember to share this, to tell coworkers, family members, people on the street. Heck, tell the dog in the park. um, (laughs) To watch watch our show, we'll continue to do our best to make American Sports Broadcasting great again. Um, And, yeah, we'll continue to bring you what we think the best and most important in sport.